I'm Michael Fullylove, and I'm delighted to be here with my Lowy Institute colleague, Richard McGregor, for a quick chat about US politics. Both the betting markets and the polls have Joe Biden as the favourite to win in November. The big news in the US presidential race this week is Joe Biden's decision to pick the Californian Senator Kamala Harris as his running mate. It reminds me again of the role of contingency and chance in US politics. VP choices transform an individual's life, they upend US politics, and in fact, they can change the world as we found with Harry Truman and Lyndon Johnson. In addition to being a leading international expert on China, Richard McGregor is a student of US politics and he headed up the Washington office of the Financial Times for a number of years. So welcome, Richard. Hi there, Michael. So what do you make of the Kamala call? Was this a good pick? Well, it seems to have uh, gone off very well at the start. She's both paradoxically energizing, if you like, but also a conventional Democrat. Uh, In other words, many people have assumed uh, simply because she's from a minority background that she's somewhat radical, but that's not the case within the the Democratic Party. Uh, She has Indian-American heritage and her father was uh, Jamaican. Um, And so that does give her broad appeal within the Democratic Party, but her policies are are very, in fact, quite mainstream. She's also proved difficult, I think, partly because of that, for the uh, Republican Party to draw a bead on her at the start. I mean, Mm -hmm. Republicans are very good at getting talking points about people. Trump is very good at nailing people initially and then repeating those talking points until they really stick. Mm. But after she was named, they really struggled, actually. For example, uh, Donald Trump's former campaign manager uh, said immediately that the Bernie bros, that is, the, you know, uh, uh, Senator Bernie Sanders' radical supporters, had got burned. Uh, and a few minutes later, the head of the Republican National Congress uh, a committee came out and said that um, uh, uh, the radicals in the Democratic Party had taken over and were going to drag Joe Biden further to the left. So they were confused. Uh, the Democratic Party seemed very happy. Uh, and of course, we should say beyond, above and beyond all of that, she's an accomplished public figure in her own right. She was Attorney General of California, which is important. That's a big job. Mm-hmm. And she's also now a US Senator. So um, it's early days, but I would say uh, Joe Biden, his campaign would be very happy with how, with how it's gone. Well, what about yourself? I mean, do you see anything, any particular qualities in her that are important? They look like a winning team, don't they? I mean, there's a good buzz. They're a nicely balanced ticket. She brings youthfulness and energy. They're from different sides of the country. Um, I mean, the other candidate that people were talking about was Susan Rice. And of course, the foreign policy wonk labor union, of which I'm a card-carrying member, would have loved to have seen someone like Susan Rice go from um, being a foreign policy expert to vice president, potentially president of the United States without actually ever stopping in elected office on the way. But I think that would have been risky for the campaign um, and indeed perhaps for the administration. I think being president is a profoundly political job. And the Trump experience shows us you should have some political experience before you run for the office, let alone before you hold it. And Susan Rice is an enormously accomplished person, but it's been within a narrow field. She's lived a whole life in Washington, DC. So uh, although I admire Susan Rice, I think Kamala Harris seems like a better choice to be vice president. Um, and I think you're right about that. I, I think it's it's had a good impact in the first 24 hours. And one interesting thing is um, when when new kind of opposition figures bamboozle 
the government of the day. That's often an indication that they're going to go well. I notice, I remember back when Mr. Howard, for example, became opposition leader a long time ago in 1995, and the then Labor government couldn't get a fix on Howard. And and at one time they'd say he's he's radical, and at the other time they'd say he's too cautious. It's a bit like Keir Starmer now. Um, the Johnson government can't quite get an angle on on Starmer, and it feels a bit like that. At just in the very obviously this is very early days, but it feels like at that in the early days the the Trump administration don't know whether to say Biden and Harris and the Biden Harris tickets are these crazy radical leftists or they're just sort of boring and half asleep on the job and that's probably a good a good place to be. Let me ask you, Richard. Um, let's go beyond the campaign. If if Biden Harris were to be successful. What kind of um, VP do you think Senator Harris might turn out to be? Well, one shouldn't exaggerate the importance of uh, vice presidents. Um, I mean, we all tend to do that in the moment. Um, you know, on foreign policy, for example, Joe Biden was a long-standing chair of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee, uh, has long-standing uh, contacts all around the world, including most famously with Xi Jinping, uh, with whom he spent a lot mm. of time in 2012. So I've, I very much feel that Joe Biden will be his own president on foreign policy. Uh, they, they differ a little bit uh, on trade. I think Joe Biden is, you know, I mean, uh, um, Kamala Harris opposed the TPP, but I think she's being Californian, more liberal on trade than mm -hmm. Joe Biden, and she might be a, uh, uh, have an impact in that respect. I think an area that the Democrats want to work on and the kind of area that could be uh, delegated to her is climate change. Um, uh, you know, she's got long involvement in that uh, as California. There's precedent for this with Al Gore, for example. Um, and I, I don't know whether Mr. The, the Democrats want Mr. Biden to expend his political capital, as some people, uh, I think, complained that uh, Mr. Obama did, got caught up in climate change and sort of neglected other parts of foreign policy, particularly with China. That's the sort of thing I think that she that, that she could do, and obviously she'll be working on issues like criminal justice reform uh, domestically and maybe Medicare. She got into a bit of trouble on that on health policy during the campaign, but they're the sorts of areas that I saw see her being involved in. It's, uh, I mean, one one interesting point about a potential vice president Harris is that there's a lot of speculation that if the ticket is elected, Biden would be a one-term president. We can certainly say that Kamala Harris is more likely to become president than most running mates in history. And as a result, we would expect Harris probably to have more authority, to attract more attention and more interest than most vice presidents. Um, it'll be interesting to see how the personal relationship develops because you can imagine a slightly more competitive relationship between the, the, the two principals and their staffs. Uh, it's also interesting to think about um, other models for vice president. Um, you know, you had someone like Dick Cheney who was a sort of a separate power node in in the White House and people joked that he was the real president. That's not true. George W. Bush was the decider, as he said, but, but Cheney was kind of in many ways running a parallel operation and was enormously, um, especially in the first term, was an enormously powerful and Bush really reined him in a bit in the second term. Biden himself as vice president was a very different model. He was the quiet counselor. He was not seen in any way as a threat to, to Obama. 
he he I think I remember him him saying in that conversation with Obama when Obama asked him to be his vice president his running mate he said I want to be the last person in the room with you before you make the big decisions and I think Obama delivered on that so probably I'm sure that Biden would come to the White House with a very strong view on what kind of vice president he wants in Kamala Harris I'm sure he probably wants someone like uh, who performs the kind of role he performed for Barack Obama. But whether that's in Kamala Harris's DNA is another question because she's a younger politician than Biden was when he became vice president, much younger, much more uh, with a, a longer, probably a longer future in front of us. She's a different sort of personality. So be interesting to watch that relationship. What do you reckon? Yes, well, I think that's, should they be elected, I think that's quite potentially uh, destabilising in many respects. Um, as you say, Mr. Biden was very loyal, a quiet counsellor for Mr. Obama, but I do remember when he split with him and when he, when he got out ahead of Mr. Obama on some mm. issues, most famously on gay marriage, where Mr. Biden supported it before Mr. Obama did, uh, that caused a big ruckus. Mr. Obama was very upset about that. Uh, Joe Biden had very different views or different views, um, forceful views from Mr. Obama, I think, on uh, U.S. wars in Afghanistan and Iraq. He wanted quicker withdrawals. And that was, uh, um, that was you know, quite an issue at the time, but that was my, mainly behind closed doors. It seems to be now settled that Mr. Biden coming in at 78 with already questions about his cognitive abilities, that he'll be a one-term president, uh, and particularly once you get into the final two years of a the presidency, then there's all manner of incentives for uh, uh, Senator Harris to distinguish herself from Mr. Biden, uh, to be running a shadow campaign for the next presidential campaign, to try and win control of uh, the Democratic Party as much as possible. So she has the machine, would have the machine behind her. So that's a very difficult thing to manage. And, um, you know, and if Joe Biden is only going to be there for one term, why should she stick with him um, um, uh, like lips and teeth, as, the, as mm -hmm. they say, so closely um, if there's an incentive to uh, distinguish herself from him? Speaking of lips and teeth and, and Asia and foreign policy, um, the last point I guess to discuss is what all this is likely to mean, if anything, for the foreign policy of a Biden administration. I went back and had a look at um, Senator Harris's questionnaire that she filled in for the Council on Foreign Relations last year, and it was pretty standard stuff in general, I thought, on on foreign policy. It wasn't too much um, on... Uh, on Asia, Biden himself, you know, as you say, he has he, he emphasises the personal his personal conduct of foreign policy is very important to me. I think it's fair to say he's been more focused on Europe and uh, Asia, uh, sorry, Europe and the Middle East, um, than he has been on Asia. It seems to me, Kam Kamala Harris's pick um, probably means that Susan Rice, whom we mentioned earlier, is in the mix for Secretary of State, along with Nick Burns, who's a friend of the Institute's, Tony Blinken. Bill Burns, Tom Donnell, and Samantha Power, whom I'm interviewing next week for the Lowy Institute Live. So I don't know what you think, Richard, but um, I think it, it, it will be the, the arrangement of personalities, as always, in those top jobs, if the ticket is elected, will be absolutely critical for President, for, for Sex State, for Secretary of Defense, for National Security Advisor, White House Chief of Staff. The other key jobs in the Pentagon and state will tell us what kind of foreign policy we would get. Is it likely to be an Obama II or is it 
going to be different. Of course, the debate in democratic politics uh, on foreign policy, especially on Asia and especially on China, has changed very much in the last four years. So no doubt the administration would also be different. Do you have any early early thoughts on this pick and uh, Biden-Harris foreign policy? Well, I think the pick is definitely important. Um, if you look at Susan Rice, for example, some of the more hawkish uh, elements in US politics on China, both in the Republican and Democratic parties, were very critical of her role in the second Obama term in basically giving priority to issues like uh, climate change and uh, Ebola pandemics in dealing with China and really um, soft-pedalled on all manner of other issues, South China Sea and the like. Um, now, the times have changed and Susan Rice's priorities, no doubt, will be different. Um, but she, um, I think nonetheless, it, 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 you know, people say it won't be like Obama too, but if she were to be Secretary of State, too many people think that would be far too close to, for Obama to, uh, to be comfortable. Um, ultimately, I think it depends on Joe Biden's instincts. You know, he was close to Xi Jinping. Uh, these days, he's called him a thug. Uh, once again, the times are different. Uh, China is openly competing uh, for global power now with the United States, and the United States is pushing back against that. It's difficult to see how they'll have any um, policy other than one that's tough on China and certainly tougher than the one that uh, Obama ran. But I guess it's a question of how tough. Uh, and the ability of um, any Secretary of State and, of course, Secretary of Defence to work together and actual marshal comprehensively US national power at a time, of course, and we forget about this, when the US itself is still going through and will continue to go through domestic political convulsions, uh, which I think ultimately will drain uh, its both um, sort of uh, ability and uh, funds and resources uh, to maintain its global role, particularly in Asia. Lots of things to analyse. Thank you very much for speaking with me this Friday morning, Richard McGregor, for a quick take on the Kamala Harris pick. For our fellow US politics wonks, please tune in on Friday the 28th of August when I interview Ambassador Samantha Power, the Harvard professor and UN representative in the Obama administration for the Lowy Institute Live. Thanks very much. <laughs>